All right, back here in the big show, Ordway Holly, normally our third man in here in the uh, in the studio when we're talking a little bit about the bees, but uh, he's out on the West Coast. Obviously, he had a much better broadcast than the team had performance out on the ice last night in San Jose, and Jack Edwards joins us. What the hell happened there last night? Well, you know, this is a San Jose team that has given the Bruins problems because of the matchups. They're big, they're strong on their sticks, they're heavy on the boards, and if the Bruins can't bring their A game and really move their feet, and they didn't last night, they're going to have problems, and they did. So, you know, this gives us a view of the Bruins team that uh, is now nine games from the playoffs, and there's plenty of cause for worry because this is how the good teams play in the playoffs, the way San Jose did last night. And, oh, by the way, San Jose is fighting for its life just to get into the playoffs. Yep. The Sharks aren't even on the inside of the structure yet. Yep. How are you feeling about the Bruins when they uh, beat Philadelphia and Toronto? Did you did you read a lot into those victories, or did you say, well, they always beat up on Philadelphia recently, and they always beat up on Toronto, so big deal? There's a tendency when a team has lost four in a row, when it plays impressively twice in a row, to say, well, that's behind them, and they're done with it. But Claude Julien has been reminding everybody to stay reality-based and to keep your head really where uh, the reality of this team is. And the reality is they've lost five out of seven. So at a time of the year when style points really don't count for anything, no matter what the players may try to say bravely in the dressing room after losses, uh, this, is, uh, this is a critical time. And these next two games against Los Angeles and against Anaheim uh, are going to be a real test and, and could be a bellwether of just what the Bruins are capable of doing in the playoffs. Everybody thinks that they're going to bring it up a gear, and they well might during the playoffs, but you can't count on that. You really have to establish your style of play and the mode of play before you get there, and the Bruins haven't done it lately. Jack, 14th consecutive game for Tim Thomas. One, he did not start, but obviously Turco was pulled uh, early in that, in that game. Can they continue to do this? And, and right now, if they put Turco in, what are their chances of winning those games? Well, he might blind the opponents with his new pads, I'll tell you that. Uh, if, if Marty Turco ever goes for a hike in the woods and he's worried about getting lost, uh, the, the, the brilliant uh, gold pads uh, will certainly save his life because I'm, I'm pretty sure they're phosphorescent. You could see them in the middle of the night all by themselves. Um, he hasn't been great, for sure, but he is looking sharper and sharper in practice. Uh, he pretty much had to because he was – he was just flat-out bad in the game at Tampa Bay uh, when he got yanked after giving up the, the three quick goals. Um, it's, uh, it's an issue. Uh, nobody wants to see Thomas playing every single game, and it's pretty much accepted that Turco is going to play at least against Anaheim. At least that's the generally held belief. Um, that said, Thomas has been unbelievably sharp. Um, but if you, if you keep pushing his button at this point and you get to the point where you're four weeks into the playoffs if they're so fortunate to survive that far and Thomas has now played like 30 out of 31 or something like that, that's a big issue. That's a real problem because you're going to wear the guy down. We saw it wear down Tuka Rask, who was in his early 20s when he was playing for the Bruins in 2010, and he blew up. So it's, you know, it's, it's a problem. You can't push a guy's button as often as they push Thomas's and expect him to play well for a long, long period. Do you think the Bruins are uh, a lock to make the playoffs? I think they are a lock to make the playoffs because there's a pretty substantial gap. Um, the, uh, the Eastern Conference is, is uh, kind of bunched uh, among several teams that are right at the bottom of the, the conference structure in the East, uh, I think yeah, you got seven, uh, seven points Ottawa with 84, three points behind the Bruins. So that's kind of the elevator spot. So 
whoever finishes second in the Northeast probably is going to end up seventh, and the winner will probably be uh, second uh, unless uh, Florida turns on a great finish and, and passes that team. Uh, and then it drops down to Washington, which has eight games to go. They're at 81 points. Buffalo with eight games to go, they they have 80 points, and then it really drops off to Winnipeg right. with 70. See, that's what uh, I'm saying. If you if you think they're a lock to make the playoffs, yeah, why not down the stretch have Marty play half the games, half the game? You have a well rested Tim Thomas, not just putting him in for one more game, but putting him in for four games. Yeah, worst case scenario is you're a seven yeah, seed instead like, of a two. Okay, we're gonna make the playoffs. We think it's more important for Tim Thomas to have rest. So Marty. Even if the scores are circus-like, they're laughable, 7-zip, 7-3, 9-3, you're in there. Yeah, it's kind of the uh, Tim Wakefield thing, right? You know, sometimes he had to just go in there and eat innings for the Red Sox yep. and, uh, and take his beating and, and uh, not say anything even if he had a mouthful of it. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's pretty much the idea. And if the Bruins get to 93 or 94 points uh, in the next few games – you may just see something like that. Uh, there isn't a lot of sampling left. There are only nine games to go. It looks as if maybe even 89 points could make it in the East, but 93 certainly will. And uh, if they get to 93 with a few games to go, you may see Thomas uh, get a few games of rest. But um, you can't take anything for granted. You can't ever assume points. And until they get to 93 points, uh, we're not going to see them reveal their hand. Yeah, I see. I don't think there's much difference between two and and seven. You know, I think everybody was looking before at you know how much could you avoid the Rangers, but now look at Pittsburgh and the way they're playing. You know, so you might go through this game, Jack, where you sit here and say we need to avoid them, then we need to avoid them, and then we and it becomes a mess. It's more important, really, that Thomas Thomas is is rested for the playoffs because. Without him playing great, what chance do they have anyway? Well, it's a totally valid point, and the difference between two and seven is is really minimal. You're talking about uh, about a seventh game at home, and while it's important same opponent, you'd be playing ice, the same opponent. Yeah, it's it's important to have home ice because you do have the ability to match up lines much better than the visiting team does because you get the last change, so you get the last selection of players before every faceoff. Um, you know, that, that's a factor, um, but really what's more important is just to make the playoffs, to get into the eight and then see what happens. Because if you start projecting and you start saying, well, if the seeds fall this way, this should be their second-round opponent, something's going to blow up. The thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs is it never goes the way you think it's going to go, and it almost never goes by the chalk. Uh, wasn't it a couple of years ago that five, six, seven, and 8 came out of the first round in the West? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's just it's absolutely absurd. It's, it's unbelievable how upside-down it can get. So um, just get in. That's, that's the main thing, and, and get to the starting line of the playoffs healthy. But, again, I don't think you're going to see that until uh, the Bruins get to 93. By the way, uh, we're, we're all keeping our eye on this Duncan Keith situation with mm-hmm. pending suspension. Everybody presumes he's going to get at least six games, and uh, Chicago only has, uh, what, like seven left, I think. So um, it's an interesting theory that Chicago wouldn't be too upset if he got suspended for all seven regular season games because he's leading the league in time on ice per game, 27 minutes a game. What would happen is – by elbowing Daniel Sedin in the head, he might get a vacation that makes him absolutely perfectly fresh for the beginning of the playoffs, and that could actually work in the Blackhawks' favor. It's amazing how suspensions actually help teams. So, it but, could happen. 
but but Brendan Shanahan knows this sport, so wouldn't it be something if he says, uh, "I'm going to let you play for uh, the rest of the regular season"? But you're, can you do that? Your suspension begins in the playoffs. I don't know if he can do that. I would be amazed if he did do that. It would be uh, it would be a remarkable precedent to set, and he's in a difficult spot as it is because. He's got about 14 different factions saying what he should do in this situation. And to come up with a punishment that would have a circus angle to it such as that by letting a guy stay eligible for the rest of the regular season and then suspend him specifically for the playoffs um, could really set a weird, a weird tone and precedent. I, I don't see that happening, but, uh, well, we'll find out probably within a few minutes anyway. I'll tell you who would do it. Roger Goodell. <laughs> he, probably, <laughs> he probably would. Absolutely. He would do no, something like no. that. Michael, it's, it's interesting you say that because we were talking about Goodell with the, the whole bounty thing and the, and the gigantic suspensions and the huge fines and the draft picks and everything. And you've got to say this for Roger Goodell. Every single thing that he does is aimed at protecting the integrity and improving the National Football League. And, and you can argue that not every single thing Gary Bettman has done has served that same end. And maybe he can argue that, but I would argue pretty strongly against that in, in a lot of different instances, the most recent being this, this cockeyed realignment that they want to go to where you're turning the NHL and its tremendous semi-local rivalries into a generic league where you play the teams in your division a ton and then everybody else is the same. So the Bruins would go from playing Philadelphia and the Rangers and Pittsburgh four times a year, which they do now, to just two times a year. They'd play the Philadelphia Flyers as often as they play the Colorado Avs every single year. Is that really good for hockey, or is that just shaving off the top of the mountain and filling in the valleys with it? I would, I would say to you that, that what Roger Goodell does sometimes seems heavy-handed, but his motivation is absolutely clear and uh, you know, hockey could use a little of that, especially at a time like this where there's some public posturing going on about this collective bargaining agreement, and all anybody really wants is to get the thing settled right now. Shaving off the I was going to say, I'm going to write that That's down. That's a good one. Shaving I don't know where you come up with this stuff. In the all right, I got one more question for you. Michael brought up the two games that they won, and in both of those games they got off to good starts, got the lead early in those games. Again last night they fall behind. You watch them. You're there. Do you see the demeanor? change when they fall behind early in games versus what we've seen when they take that lead early? No. Uh, last night, what I did see from the Bruins was just a lack of moving their feet, and Brick was excellent at, at being sensitive to this very early and pointing it out to everybody, and as he pointed it out, it became more apparent to me. Um, last night was a good test because uh, really what Bruins fans wanted to see, maybe not consciously but subconsciously, was for the Bruins to fall behind a good team and rally to win. Well, they never stopped working, and they did get better as the game went along. Um, but between now and the playoffs, the Bruins are going to need to have a comeback victory against some team that is a quality team in order to show themselves and to show their fans that they're going to be able to face that kind of adversity in the playoffs and rally. The, the resilience of this team through November and December was astonishing. It really didn't even matter if the opponent scored first. But as you point out, Glenn, right now it matters a whole lot and the Bruins have got to change that situation if they want to present themselves as an elite team. Yeah, Brick kept on talking about the fact that during the course of the game, he said they have no legs here tonight. And I'm wondering, was it a physical thing they had no legs because they're traveling across the country and it's been a difficult part of the schedule? 
or is it they fall behind and then, I don't know, psychologically they just you have no legs? Well, it's a question I think we're going to find out more about when they play Los Angeles uh, tomorrow evening. Uh, it's uh, a game that um, is, is going to be extraordinarily important for the Kings and obviously is for the Bruins as they don't want this to turn into a, a, another real slump right at the tail end of the season. Um, let's face it, Eastern teams have it ridiculously easy compared to the Western teams when it comes to travel. And Eastern teams simply are not used to taking six-hour plane trips and play a game the next day. So uh, it's not really an excuse. It's not a valid to be used as an excuse, um, but it might be a reason uh, that contributed to the loss. Uh, we'll certainly know against L.A., a team that uh, has found its stride uh, just in the last couple of weeks and is, uh, and is starting to play terrific hockey. And they're battling out Phoenix for their division, and a similar situation with the Bruins could get a high seed or could end up with a low seed, depending on whether they win that division or not. All right, listen, yeah. stay out of trouble in Los Angeles. I heard it, uh, it can be a pretty wild town, so just be careful. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I just I, I won't wear any purple and gold. I can promise you that. There I'm going to walk go. downtown wearing my green and white. There just you to go. Antagonize them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All, right, All right, Jack. Jack. We'll talk to you soon, Jack Edwards, out in Los Angeles.